in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. The Angels stole Tyler Anderson from the Dodgers. Three-year deal worth somewhere in the neighborhood of $39 million is what the reporting has been. Uh, he had a two five seven ERA for the Dodgers last year. You worried about losing Tyler Anderson? I'm a little worried given the uh, injuries to the uh, staff right now. Yeah. Oh. Bueller out. Gonsolin out for a year. For both for the year. Um, Lindsay's favorite pitcher, Dustin May, coming off that ACL, even though he pitched last year some. Uh, yeah. So I should have um, said I should have said Trinan, not Gonsolin. That's my bad. I should have said Blake Trinan. So if you go by ERA, um, here's here's Tyler Anderson's career numbers: uh, 354 in his first year, 481, 455, 1176. Only made five starts. Uh, 437, 453, 257 in his first year as a Dodger. This yeah, guy has some not, offensive help. He's not been a very good pitcher in his career, except for this past season with the Dodgers. Now, did the Dodgers fix him and he is good to go and he'll be good for the Angels? That's possible. But I do wonder how much of a drop-off is coming because the Dodgers are one of the teams in baseball that seem to get the best out of players. And the Angels are one of the teams that seem to get the worst, worst out of players. Out of players. So I'll be curious to see if that carries over for Tyler Anderson going, well, not even really changing cities, a little bit changing cities. Um, but the Dodgers, who if the if the Dodgers played right now, what's their starting pitching rotation? I, are we can assume Kershaw, Gonsolin, May. Are all those guys healthy, like for sure, to start next season? Well, uh, you know, May's the question mark because he had the UCL or uh, the UCL tear, but he came back and 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 pitched, but. As Lindsay said, his windup is uh, his delivery's all funky, and I, I think he's blowing out his elbow every time the guy throws a pitch. <laughs> um, so Urias and Gonsolin right now are the two main guys. Um, let's see, they've got guys in the minors, but we'll see in free agency also. I mean, I think they're going to make an offer to Degrom, but like um, you know, Dave David said yesterday, maybe he wants to stay in a different part of the country. Uh, Kershaw, I'm forgetting Kershaw, they're going to sign him to a one-year deal. So he'll be in the rotation. It's not a great rotation. Certainly not the Astros. Would the Dodgers go after Justin Verlander? Yes, I think they would. So um, and they're not going to get both, but I think they would. The Mets are reportedly interesting and just interested in Justin Verlander. Uh, the Astros owner yesterday said that Verlander is looking for a Max Scherzer type deal. Scherzer got three years, and I think it was forty-three million a year um, from the Mets. Uh, you think the Dodgers would do that? Would they do a three-year, $43 million a year for, what is he, 39? No, For a 39-year-old, they have the money. Um, I'm also fascinated to see about Trey Turner because he's going to get in the three. He's going to get $300 million plus. And I know it's the Dodgers and the tax often doesn't mean much to them. But, I, boy, that's a lot of money for a 39-year-old pitcher. Even, it is. And he's going to win the Cy Young this year. Right. He's going to win the Cy Young. It's, it's really whoever signs Verlander. It's really a matter of how, when does it fall off, right? Because he's not going to pitch forever as, at a Cy Young level. But, like, based on this last season, you can make a genuine argument. Well, yeah, you'll get two more years out of him as right. a Cy Young level pitcher. That's not crazy to think. But at some point, it's going to fall off, and you don't want to be left paying a 40, uh, you know, 41, 42, whatever it happens, $43 40 million, million a, year. a year. 
to just not be good anymore right. because he finally fell off. Can I posit a theory? As long as his as long as his relationship works, he can play until he's like forty five. As soon as you get divorced from no, your ultra- no, 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 no. Brady is undefeated since getting divorced. All right. You have to get, you can't let the relationship be bad. It's either got to be good or you get divorced immediately. It's the bad so, relationship and staying in it that causes as, as the long bad as he's ha- As long as the wife's happy, this man could pitch right. until he's 50. That is a good point. But listen, she looked happy winning the World Series. Who wouldn't be? <laughs> Brady, divorced, undefeated. I, I, I've I never been more right about something in my life than Tom Brady hates his family, and that's oh, why geez. he was bad. I've never been more oh, right. No. They're going to win the damn Super Bowl now because they oh, finally no. got divorced. Those are great. That's that's another great question. Anthony Rizzo re-signed with the Yankees. He got a two-year deal worth $17 million per season. There's a third-year team option as well. I just really wanted the Astros. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. They need a left-handed hitter. They don't have a first baseman, and... He's like one of the one best. Of the few in, things they don't have. Right. And he's one of the best at like working counts. And and it would have been taking him from the Yankees, which would have been funny. And he does that really fun thing where he chokes up on his bat. That's right. Fouls yes. up. Gets, it, gets down 0-2 and just fouls yes. off 45 <laughs> yeah. pitches in a row. And which, you're like, I hate this guy so much. <laughs> I don't know if he's getting a hit, but I hate him so much. He's the reason they should eliminate choking up on the bat in baseball. If I you, actually would be fine with that. Right. Like, why do games go so long? Oh, this ass fouled off 14 <laughs> pitches in a row with two strikes because he Dodgers choked up. Dodgers have those guys. Oh, it's Max a nightmare. Muncy. Max Muncy. It's a nightmare. If you foul off two pitches with two strikes, you're out. Get out of here. You get one <laughs> foul ball I actually ball think that may strikes. have been the rule in like 1890. <laughs> Unbelievable. Get out of here. You're making the games too long. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty detailed question. Uh Cooper Cup is going on injured reserve. He suffered an ankle injury. He's actually having ankle surgery. He has to miss at least four weeks. The Rams have not officially ruled him out for the rest of the season, though, Rams. with, um, what do we got, eight weeks left in the season. Rams aren't very good. Yeah, what, I mean, the Rams last year were never, they were never like, oh, this is clearly the best team in the league, right? That that was never really where they were at the during the regular season. But they were good, and they went on a run in the postseason. How did they fall off I know. so much? Like, it, this isn't like, oh, they're, you know, on the playoff fringes. Like, they're behind Seattle and San Francisco. Yeah. And if it wasn't for Cliff Kingsbury, they'd be in last place in the NFC West. Quarterback? Yeah. I mean, him not getting surgery when he yeah. needed surgery. Is that what we're putting this up to? That his shoulder, he does, it doesn't work anymore? It doesn't seem to. Based on watching him try to perform his job. But they weren't, like... They didn't win the Super Bowl because Matt Stafford was awesome. They won the Super Bowl because Matt Stafford was competent and had a few big plays and big moments in the playoffs. Like, they weren't a good team last year because of Stafford. Right. They, they were a good team because every other position around them was stacked with stars. Well, and I most mean, of those guys are back. I mean, who did they, they lost? Von Miller? Odell Beckham? Yeah, they didn't have him until halfway through the year. Oh. And then he tore his ACL in the Super Bowl. And Cooper Cup was, what, the best wide receiver in yes. football? And this yeah. year he's been like, I'm a little banged up, guys. Yeah. Maybe it's Stafford's shoulder. I guess. That's an easy thing to blame. They he- suck, though. They're not good. You sense any give up in the locker room? Hell no. Yeah. What kind of questions that, Phil? Yeah, by the way, why didn't anyone ask uh, 
Asked McDaniels that during the press conference. Do you feel any give up in the locker room? Hell no, Ed. What kind of question is that, Ed? <laughs> Would be fun. Uh, the NFL wants to play games in France and Spain, according to the Associated Press. This uh, is so dumb. Five international games this season throughout London, Germany, and Mexico. Germany could get more games as well. Munich uh, is where they played this year. They could also play in Frankfurt. Um, I truly believe we're getting to like 10, 12 international games at some point. We're going to have one basically every week of the season. You talked about that yesterday in terms of, you know, just spread them out over Europe. I still don't, I still think that it's almost like when the, even though I think the NBA will eventually get to Vegas, but what the NBA has said in the past, well, you know, we have, we're there for the summer league. We're there for USA basketball. We have the WNBA. We have this huge presence there. It's almost like the same thing. Have as many games as you can in Europe. That way you don't have to have a team. Right. So, no, we have a huge presence in Europe. And I don't know. The crazy thing to me, maybe it shouldn't be, but how popular the games were in London. And then Germany. they put one in Germany. And it's like, whoa, the, the, the ticket here. demand was ridiculous right. in Germany. And like, is that going to be the case when they go to Spain and when they go to France? I, I, I mean, no I think idea. in the beginning, but I like, think in the beginning, I mean, hell, in London, they've been playing there for, what, a decade now yeah, or something? They got Tottenham to build a stadium with a retractable field right. just for the NFL. Like, if there's this much demand over there, they should play, like, yes. two games every single week in random European cities because that you're just taking money. I mean, it's just free money for the NFL if you're going to have that much demand every time you play in a European, in European city. city. Yeah, it's a good question. All right. This is a phenomenal story. Cristiano Ronaldo and Manchester United. So far this season, Ronaldo has been disciplined twice by his manager, Eric Ten Hag. Um, The most recent one, Ronaldo refused to come on as a substitute in one of their games. So Ronaldo got suspended and they made him train all by himself during practice, which is, by the way, one of the funniest punishments that happens in soccer all the time. Like when a player's acting out, they'll be like, all right, go practice by yourself. On a different field? Right. You, you don't get to be in the locker room with the rest of the team. You have like, you have to go to a separate locker room and you go practice with one like random trainer or assistant coach all by yourself for like an hour. It's one of the funniest punishments that I've seen. But they made Ronaldo do that. Um, he had a game this year where he didn't play, didn't get substituted in, and he left the game like left the field before the game was over and he was gone from the locker room before his teammates got to the locker room. Manchester United won that game, by the way. Ronaldo um, said earlier this week, I don't have respect for him, talking about his manager, I don't have respect for him because he doesn't show respect for me. Not only the manager, but the other two or three guys who are around the club, I felt betrayed. I don't care. People should listen to the truth. Yes, I felt betrayed. I feel that some people didn't want me here, not only this year, but last season too. ESPN had a report yesterday that the manager, Eric Ten Hag, delayed his vacation so that he could go talk to his bosses at Manchester United to say, we have to get rid of Ronaldo now. And will they? It's Ronaldo. I assume but they he's not will. Playing. He's, oh, here's the thing. They're better without him. 100% they're better without What happened Cristiano to Ronaldo? Ronaldo? The fact is, uh, in terms of uh, why is that true? He does one thing while he scores goals. He doesn't do anything else on the field. Not at all. Yeah. So if, if, if you have Ronaldo on your team, 
You have to build you have your team around men. him. <laughs> you have to build your team around him and how he wants to play. That's not how Manchester United wants to play. So when he's out there, it hurts what they're trying to do. So I'm curious to see. I mean, somebody's going to take him. It's Ronaldo. But I'm curious to see who takes him and if they're willing to play him and effectively build around him. I'm also curious to see what Portugal does at the World Cup. Oh, yeah, with him. I don't know if he... I He probably is, but I don't know if he should be a guaranteed starter. Like, and play 90 mm. minutes of every single match. Like I think he starts. He's one of the greatest goal scorers. Oh, he is. Oh, I, I feel like that's a no-doubter. But I don't know that Portugal Portugal's going to be good if he's playing 90 minutes of every right. single match. I'm curious to see, because Portugal's got good players. It's not like it's all Ronaldo. Portugal's got a good team. So I'm curious to see what Portugal does. Because here's the thing. He goes to the World Cup. He scores like five goals in the World Cup. He's going to just flip the middle finger to Manchester United and somebody else will come by him. But it goes to World Cup, doesn't score, gets subbed off a few times, and Portugal looks better without him. It's going to hurt how he goes. But I very much love the public arguing of Ronaldo and the manager being like, he's basically saying I'm bigger and better than Manchester United. He also said United doesn't care about uh, football. They care about marketing. And then the very next day, Ronaldo announced his own NFT. (laughs) Coming up next, the Golden Knights have lost two in a row. Torch, you guys give up the first goal. Just just thoughts on your team's start here so far in the first 15-plus minutes. We suck. We haven't forechecked. We haven't done anything as of right now. What do you want to see differently? Forecheck. Thank you. Okay. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios, this is The Press Box with Grady and Bischoff. That was an in-game, like, yeah. sideline. I don't know sidelines, but in-game sort of sideline interview with John Tortorella. Behind the bench <laughs> with John Tortorella. Just, we suck. <laughs> what do you want to see him do? Four-check. Literally just try it once. Just forecheck one person the entire Did you, game. in a way, want him to be the Golden Knights oh, coach just for this nonsense? I don't know if been... they'd be any good, but we would have gotten exactly two and a half years of just incredible content right. for this show. It would have been excellent for this show. Maybe a year and a half. I mean, he would have been gone quicker than the other coaches, but that would have been great. Would have loved every second of that. John Tortorella. I mean, listen, Cassidy's pretty blunt and honest and... He'll tell you what he's thinking. No, he tells you, but not in a there's way not that Tortorella the, does. There's not the entertainment factor. No. The entertainment factor on Tortorella is just, we suck. I don't know if Cassidy does in games. Well, that was It'd the... for radio or... That was, that was on TNT. That was a national, so was a national game. game. Uh, have they been on TNT? I think they've only been on ESPN+. Plus. They've been on ESPN+. Plus. So, I don't know. Uh, okay. When they play on TNT, My maybe... guess is he will if they do. They'll, he'll pass it off to an assistant coach. <laughs> Like what? You want to do? Uh, talk to my backup goalie. How about that? That'll work uh, a little bit better. Aiden, how you feeling? Right. Oh, <laughs> we I'm just happy to be here. No forecheck. Oh wait. By the way, hold on. This is this is important because yesterday I asked you guys about um, the Silver Knights and the Silver Knights being really bad and Laurent Brossois being able to clear waivers because he played two games there, gave up nine goals, whatever, and, and sucked. I think the Silver Knights won yesterday seven to one. Yeah, with, L- with LB and Net. Uh, yes, um, I'm going. I'm going all in on this theory. Did the Golden Knights make the Silver Knights really bad for the first like ten games of the season, <laughs> so that they could get Laurent Brossois through waivers? 
<laughs> I don't know what they would have done exactly. That's jumping a few more than one hurdle. But if they win their next like four games, five to nothing, oh, I'm all in on this theory that they tanked their AHL team so that Laurent Brossois would get would through waivers. And they get through oh, waivers. I'm all in on this theory. Like you Boy, guys really overthinking the room there. Oh, am I? Would you put it past no, this no, front no, office the, to do no, that? No, the front office, if they went oh. that deep, if they went that, that deep into things. No, that's great. That's brilliant. Are you kidding me? That's one of the best things I don't think you can they did do. That. I think they worried more about their their team that means that matters most. Listen, Brossois might help the team that matters most. You got to keep Eventually. him around. I'll be completely honest. I don't know who the third goalie would be if they lost Laurent Brossois on waivers. That's what I thought. I don't know who that is. Who who's the backup in? in I have no idea, and I don't plan to look it up during this segment either. So Ferguson. Is he still around? Is he still there? I don't know. Uh, so, but the point stands with if the Golden Knights were to lose Thompson or Aiden Hill to an injury, then Brossois sort, comes up. Right. If they had lost Brossois, it'd be somebody that we're sitting here can't think of their names, and that's not ideal. And given that the Golden Knights uh, clearly don't want to give one goalie like ninety percent of the games, you'd be playing that guy. Right again, if they had lost Brossois. So lineup wise, they just take. I'm on it. Yes, I am. I am all on board this theory that they made the Silver Knights awful for ten games, and then got Brossois through waivers, and now they're going to be just fine. Because they were Jared. They were good last year, right? They were good. Uh, Yeah, they weren't the worst team in the league. No, no, they weren't three and ten bad. Right. They weren't the only team with like a negative ten goal differential or something crazy like that. Like. They went to the playoffs or whatever happens in the AHL playoff, but that's my that's my theory. And when they and when they Yuri were on Patera. A, oh, all right. Oh, Yuri they remember Patera. him? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So when the oh, Golden Michael Knights, Hutchinson's there. Oh, he's like the he's got an HL experience. He also is like older than me. Oh yeah, yeah. So. Oldest, yeah, oldest player on the roster has to be. All right. So there's there's some actual goalies there that you might be okay with giving a few starts if Hutchinson. You know, if Thompson was out for a month, you'd be like, right. all right, we'll find three or four starts for Hutchison or something. So maybe it's not that dire, but I still like my theory. And when they, when they are on a four game win streak uh, next week, I'm going to be telling you all about this. <laughs> like, look at this. I mean, they're brilliant. They're brilliant front office. Absolutely. Brilliant front office. Um, oh, the other thing completely unrelated to the game. Did you see this tweet uh, from Sinbin? So yesterday, Golden I did Knights, see this. I did see this. The reverse retro jerseys go on sale. The black ones right. that glow in the dark a little bit. Uh, Sinman tweeted out a picture of a shirt that they're apparently selling that, you know, says Vegas Golden Knights has the logo on it and everything has a, has a year though. That and, and the year no is, is 1995. Yeah. What? <laughs> and I think he, I think he just, I think he, the only thing he tweeted was what? <laughs> what does 1995 have to do with anything with that team? I, I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. 1995. What were the, um, Wranglers? Las Vegas Thunder or Wranglers oh. playing in 95? Yeah, but you talk again, never mind management, talk about overthinking the room. <laughs> Who would know that? Who would even think of that? Because like you guys got here in 2017. Because there's there's no other words. It's just it's Vegas Golden Knights. 1995. It doesn't say anything else as to what well, the 1995 is from. So I've only lived here since like 2013, but I, we didn't start visiting until like the late 90s, so maybe Vegas didn't exist until 1995. <laughs> it was all a simulation before then. Oh no, I just I mean, <laughs> I have no object permanence. Yeah. I it's what I like, have no clue. 
Because if you, I, I, I saw Sinbin's tweet and I was thinking the same thing. I have no idea what 1995 yeah. means. If you if you saw, I don't know what year uh, the L.A. Dodgers became a team, right? But if I saw a shirt that said L.A. Dodgers and 54. then. Right, and just said 1954 on it. You would understand. I'd be like, oh, that's the year the L.A. Dodgers became a team. Right. Right? That would be my assumption. If you see this shirt and you see 1995, you'd be like, oh, the Golden Knights became a team in 95. And you're like, wait a minute. They became a team like five years ago. We need anyone from the Golden Knights listening to text or call in (laughs) and tell us what 1995 means because nobody knows this. It's great. I love that that shirt exists because they're just going to – like. 20 years from now, they're just going to confuse people. That shirt's going to confuse people. Right. They're be like, wait a minute. They found it in 1995? What'd they do for the first 20 years of existence? They weren't very good. All no, right. it's, like, uh, it's, uh, it's like the MLS team in Miami where it's like, oh, we started planning in 1995. We just didn't open until 20. 20- <laughs> Bill Foley made his first expansion <laughs> fee payment in 1995, but didn't get the team until later. One other thing. Um, the Golden Knights last night. So they lose to the Sharks. Uh, Two-game losing streak. Wait, I'll ask you this before I just brush uh, by Oh, I know where you're going. Well, no, no, no. Do you think it's a big deal that they've lost two in a row? I don't think it's a big deal. Okay. I, I don't, don't, think I don't think either. It's a big deal. I think there's a maybe a minor concern because the teams aren't very good that they've lost to. And, like, the, the Corsi and the expected goals sort of indicate. Have gone down. Yeah, that the Golden Knights are actually deserving to lose these games. But I don't think it's too big of a deal. I think we need to see, like two more games like this for it to be a real concern. Okay, so we can brush by it. Whatever. Not that uh, relevant here. But the part that is relevant, Bruce Cassidy lost in regulation to the San Jose Sharks. It's the first time in 19 games that the Golden Knights have lost in regulation to the San Jose Sharks. It's only the second time ever that they've lost in regulation in in the regular season to the San Jose Sharks. Bruce Cassidy blowing it against the team that they are guaranteed this was supposed to supposed to be the rival a long time ago. Supposed this to was be. the rival a long time Maybe ago. Maybe it's back. Maybe it's back. Sharks Shang won. Peng. Sharks won a game. Bring the rivalry back. Let's go. I believe Shang Peng was there last night. Shang Peng's everywhere that team is. Why wouldn't he be? Germany. It's the Shang. best, best coverage Checking of in. the Sharks. That's <laughs> right. He did go to Germany. He did go to Shang Or whatever, whatever European country. Yeah, like, yeah, wherever they went, Shang Peng was there. We're, it's like before we're even on the air and Shang's tweeting about lines in the preseason <laughs> exactly. live from Germany. Like, Jesus, Shang, they're not going to the playoffs and you traveled to Germany to give us preseason lines? Shang's got a great, to tell you what, for our business, Shang's got a great travel budget. Apparently. <laughs> I don't know where it's coming from, but he's got a great travel budget. You going to Germany to cover anything? No. Raiders play. If the Raiders played in Germany next year, would you be there? Perhaps. You went to London. Twice. Yeah. You'd be there. No. London once, Mexico City once. Ah, Mexico City. Yeah. Ed Graney would be there. We'd get you live from Germany, right? Live from Munich. I'd even take the 730 spot because I'd be eight hours ahead. (laughs) So you wouldn't have to to fill 730. It's always our hardest spot to fill. It is. I'd appreciate that. So live from Germany. Or maybe it's going to be France or Spain next year that you have to travel to. Oh, I need you in a foreign country that doesn't speak English. And I just want to hear in the background people yelling at you in a different language. As I'm using my Irish brogue. Oh, that'd oh. be great. I know oh, that'd be. One I'm of imagining the best you in a in a, a the steering wheels on the wrong side of the oh, car, man. and you're like, I don't know how to drive a manual. <laughs> this is going badly. Correct me if I'm wrong. Most of Europe drives on the same side of us, though, right? 
I know Ireland doesn't. I've been there the most. The UK is on the opposite UK's side. On but the, I think yeah, UK's I'll, on the opposite side. I'll look that up in the break. Coming up next, Jason Fitz. The man does not like pie or syrup on his pancakes. No clue why we're talking to him, but it is time for our weekly visit with ESPN's Jason Fitz. Hello, Jason. Hey, Jason. Everybody doing? We're good. good. Um, yeah, as Jared was telling you uh, last week, somebody called in trying to impersonate twice. You. Uh, impersonate me? Yeah. Well, yeah, you, oh, yeah. you know, you didn't. Uh, we didn't talk to you last week, and one of our listeners just called in and told uh, Lindsay, who was filling in for Jared, "Hey, this is Jason," and yeah, he got on air pretending to be you for about six seconds. And oh you, man, I'll... tell me there were good takes though. They were good. No, 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 no. We no, shut no. that down immediately. I'll no, give no. you one guess as to who it was. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, you know who it is from Twitter too. Oh, oh, really? Calling in is me. Yes. I mean, come on. Yes. Let's, let, we can do better than that. I mean, I like the the creativity of trying to get on air, though. It is pretty yeah, well, good. <laughs> look at us. We put them on. <laughs> then six seconds in, we're like, "That's not him." Turn, <laughs> cut him off. Cut him off. All right, Jason, I remember a time when you told me after the bye week the Raiders were going to win four of five. Maybe it was five of six. Uh, that has not happened. Um, let me ask you this. Is Josh McDaniels still the head coach of the Raiders because Mark Davis doesn't have enough money to pay John Gruden and Josh McDaniels to not coach? No, I think he's still the coach of the Raiders because Mark Davis has pride and like, Pride is the downfall of so much of this. Like Mark Davis would have to stand up and be like, "Yep, I screwed this up," and boy, did I screw it up. But guess what, guys? After my extensive, thorough search, I got it wrong. I'm gonna get it right this time, though. Like I just don't. I don't think that that is gonna compute. You know. So at some point, you can sell. You, you put lipstick on this pig somehow and sell it to Mark Davis. And I think that's what Joshua Daniels and Dave Ziegler are doing right now. Like this is a, a combination of. Uh, coaches that don't seem to be getting the best out of the players and players that aren't playing their best. And, like, there's so much blame to go around. If you're Mark Davis, what are you going to do? Like, you, 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 you fire Josh McDaniels. Cool. You still have so many things to figure out with this team. So, you know, I, I just don't think there's an easy solution. And if you're Mark Davis, what you don't want to do is create even more chaos by bringing somebody else in that's now going to start a wild, massive rebuild from scratch all over again. Do you believe Derek Carr was talking about Darren Waller? Man, I I find that hard to believe just because they've been together so long. And it's, you know, when you've gone through what this team went through last year, I would think that they'd have the relationship to be able to talk to each other about it. But this is the third time in a press conference he's mentioned practice habits, he's mentioned work ethic. I, I, I think it speaks to something that isn't computing. And the hard part about that is that, you know, I also saw Deshaun mention in, in an athletic article, I think it was Deshaun Reed that mentioned, you know, uh, that longer practices, longer meetings, and the team constantly scouring your social media gets old. I don't know that the answer is longer practices and longer meetings. The answer is, are you communicating effectively to everybody? Right now, the answer to that, clearly no. Um, what does it say about the head coaches of the current team, or the coaching staff, I should say, of the current team, that last year's team lost their coach because of uh, some not great emails, had a receiver off the team after a DUI incident, lost Damon Arnett because he was waving a gun around. 
And they pulled it together and won 10 games and made the playoffs. And this year's team seems to be falling apart with no actual off-field controversy. Yeah, voice in the I, – I genuinely believe voice in the locker room last year was different and it hit more. Like, you know, when I talked to Crosby at the draft and he talked about sort of the way everybody came together, he said that there was a point late in the season when all, everybody got in that locker room and they're like, we can either let this thing – uh, fall apart, or we can we can do something about it. And they came out, won four straight games. They did something about it. It resonated for whatever reason. It does not resonate this year. So yeah, I don't know if it's a combination of some of the guys that are gone or some of the guys that were brought in. But man, it doesn't feel like the leaders in the locker room know the pulse of how to get everybody into this thing either. So you know, I, it, it, it's uh, it's it's a statement to how much there is to fix. And, and here's the craziest part, y'all. Like if if you know, the wheels have fallen off this thing, and we all know that. But here's the, the analogy I keep using. I work with Harry Douglas a lot. When he played in the NFL, he says you walked into your meeting, and as an offensive player, as a wide receiver when he was in the NFL, he, he would walk in and there'd be guys that had their faces on the like stickers for the team they were going to be playing the next week. They had game records and dogs, and those are the people you had to worry about. You were going to game plan around game records, game records and dogs. And what we know at this point right now is that on the on the defensive side of the ball, like Max Crosby's a game wrecker, and Nate Hobbs might be proving himself to be a dog. Nobody else has played up to any level of expectation where I think any offensive coordinator is scared of anyone else on this defense. And then on the offensive side of the ball, the offensive line has had man, some good weeks, but mostly hasn't put it up on tape. And now you may be replacing your quarterback, and Josh Jacobs may not be on the team. Like the the wheels falling off of this results on a, in a roster that may need 12 or 13 new starters next year on top of a new coach. So like if you're Mark Davis, how are you fixing that? If you're the whole organization, what are you fighting for? Like I I think this this thing's gone pretty off the rails pretty quickly. So when we asked this question earlier in the show, should everyone in that uh, organization from Dave Ziegler on down just be planning for 2023 in terms of how they act and the moves they make? Yes. I don't like there's a, a fine line though, because now you would like the easy thing for us to say as fans is you want to tank. I don't know for whoever is going to be left in the locker room that you ever really establish the culture you want to establish. Like, how do you get guys to buy in? Like, the reason when you talk to former players, part of what they look at, even if they don't like a coach, if a coach is winning games, don't play for them because there's a reason for it, right? Um, you know, if, if a coach doesn't have a great relationship, but the results on the field are good. Uh, then everything finds a way to work itself out. If, if if not, then it doesn't. So if you're the Raiders and you go out and you lose and you tank the rest of the year, you lose every single game for the rest of the year. Awesome. Now all you've done is shown the whole locker room that the whole team sucks. And by the way, you're going to go to the absolute barren draft shoot, the crapshoot that is known as the NFL draft. Like I cover it every year. And every year, every single fan base comes in super excited that their team's going to get fixed. And more often than not, they don't. So, you know, I, I think tanking makes sense, but tanking doesn't make sense if you're trying to get guys in that locker room to buy into anything that McDaniels is doing. Well, the good news is, is even if they try to win, they'll probably still lose most of the games the rest of the year. Um, important question. Did you do a show with Jeff Saturday this year? No, but oh. you know what? It took Jeff Saturday. It took Jeff Saturday, I don't know, seven minutes after uh, after the celebration was over. To send, to send me a text. How do you like me? Because uh, I texted him after he got the job. And I said, man, I hope starting next Monday you win every game the rest of the year. And he texted me right back and was like, of course, uh, I love that you're always on brand and I appreciate your fandom. Uh, so I've gotten a how you like me and I got a you want me to send you some cult stuff 
uh, from Jeff Saturday. So he's talking his talk, and rightfully so. I, I'm I'm happy for the guy uh, to go out and get that win, and and you know I don't think it's a big statement to Indianapolis. Remember, the Saints aren't any good; they just beat the Raiders. The Colts aren't any good; they just beat the Raiders. It's coming through. Are, are you telling me that Jeff Saturday is going to text every ESP employee the rest of the season when he beats their team? No, Jeff and I have a really okay. like, Jeff and I have a bond. Uh, Jeff is a big country music and '80s hair rock fan, so we spend a lot of the summer texting about concerts. So you know, we we, we got that. Like I, I've got Jeff is a, just a great human being. I see why guys like I'd run through a wall. Like Jeff's one of those guys that you walks in the kitchen, talks to you for ten minutes, and you're like, you know what? You're right, Jeff. I've done nothing with my life, and I need to work harder. He's got that thing. <laughs> Uh, we're giving away tickets to two different bands. I know you have stories perhaps for one of them, Fogarty or Pink. Oh, man. Uh, okay, so no, I don't really have stories for either of them, but I will tell you, my fandom, like if you have a chance to see Pink, drop everything you're doing and go see Pink. Like, A, she puts on a show. B, she sings her tail off. And for anyone that, that remembers the Lady Marmalade uh, remake a few years ago, the funny thing is they had everybody on that remake, Every Every big diva singer that, that was there in the era was there. And some of the guys that worked on the track in an interview afterwards came back and said, clearly the best singer in the studio was Pink. And I think people sort of forget that this is a, a woman that sings her tail off while she's spinning in the air like an aerial artist. I, I, I am rarely, like, straight-up fangirl with any music act. And I'll tell you, when I was at the Country Music Awards a few years ago, she walked the red carpet, and I was doing a red carpet thing for ABC at the time. And as she walked by, I totally went up to her people and I was like, I would love to meet her. I'd just love to say hi. Like, I have so much respect for Pink's talent. You go see that. You got a chance to go see Pink. You line up, you go see that. All right. Before we let you go, um, can you give me a name? Who is the best head coach that Mark Davis has hired? I mean, John Gruden, I guess. I mean, <laughs> I, look, I, I, that, that's, here's the hardest part about it. You, you really want your mind blown. You want to make everybody mad. I had a conversation the other day, and I said, who do you think the coach of the year is? And somebody said, probably Sirianni. And I said, outside of Sirianni right now, who are your main candidates for coach of the year? Dayball came up, obviously. Mike McDaniel came up, obviously. And Kevin O'Connell for the, the, the Vikings came up, obviously. Three first-year coaches that are in the conversation mm-hmm. for coach of the year. So, like, as much as we want to sit here and I want to sit here and say, just give it time, Minnesota, the Giants, who aren't any good but are still winning football games, and Miami ain't giving it any time, and they're winning with less. Uh, in, in many of those situations, they're, they're winning with less. So I think there's plenty of blame for this whole thing to go around. All right. He's Jason Fitz from ESPN. Jason, as always. Thank you. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. I'm going to go drink now. You guys have a great day. <laughs> Future Raiders head coach, Jason Fitz. Oh, I enjoy the Jeff Saturday text to Jason after yeah. they beat the Raiders. Yeah. That is great. That is phenomenal. Good for Jeff Saturday. Yes, the Jeff Saturday is after winning. Rubbing his it in. First game as NFL head coach is like, you know what? I got a friend who's a Raiders fan that I used to work with five days ago. I'm going to text him and let him know that I just beat his favorite team. All right. We got tickets to give away. Stay tuned. Pink tickets coming later next hour. But if you want to go see John Fogarty this month, Call in now, 702-364-1100 if you want to go see John Fogarty. We got a pair of tickets for you at 702-364-1100 for November 19th at the Encore Theater at the Win as he performs CCR and his solo hit. 702-364-1100. Be caller number nine at 702-364-1100. 
Did what were you so upset about at the last driver regulation there coming off? Just every single play call, probably. Is there a reason those play calls were upsetting to you? Yeah, I feel like we were like 30 yards from end of the game in regulation. Also felt like it was two minutes, so I was going to be calling those, and I was in a pretty good rhythm. Obviously didn't have a ton of attempts tonight, but felt like I was in a pretty good rhythm. I felt like I threw the ball just about exactly where I wanted to tonight. So I wanted a chance to go win the game. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Congratulations to David. He won tickets to go see John Fogarty. Coming up a little bit later in the show, we'll have tickets to go see Pink. Also, you can win $15,000 from ESPN Las Vegas and Aaron Taylor, the real estate guy. That could pay for rent or mortgage for a year. 15000 bucks from ESPN Las Vegas and Aaron Taylor, the real estate guy. All you need to do is go to lvsportsnetwork.com and enter for your chance to win. You must be 18 years or older to enter. Complete rules are available at lvsportsnetwork.com. Again, that website, lvsportsnetwork.com. Go enter there, and it could be $15,000 from ESPN Las Vegas and Aaron Taylor, the real estate Which guy. is almost how much we're giving away in our Friday frenzy. We are, yes. If uh, <laughs> this keeps going, we will be close. We are up to $1,100 that somebody will have a chance to win on Friday because nobody can pick three winners in the NFL season. Now, have you seen this Yasiel Puig story? Very little of it. Very little of it. So Yasiel Puig, uh, former Dodger, former Major League Baseball player, I believe he's playing in Korea at the moment. Uh, he took a plea deal for making false statements and could be in prison for up to five years. But here are the accusations as to what Yasiel Puig did. He was placing bets through an illegal sports book that was apparently run by a minor league player. At one point, Yasiel Puig owed them $289,000. He paid off $200,000 of that And then here was the detail that stunned me. Between July 4th and September 29th of 2019, so we're talking basically three months, he placed 899 bets. That's nothing. Danny's done that this morning. (laughs) Yeah, except I think Danny's are like for $8. Yes, they are. (laughs) Danny loves those $2 bets. Danny hedged his World <laughs> Series bet in which he was going to win $45. Yes, exactly. Like, I got to go hedge this. I got to make sure I come out of this with 20 at the end of the day. How the hell did Yasiel Puig place 899 bets in three months? Well, if I'm running that illegal book and he's already paid me 200 grand, he's lost 289. I might <laughs> he's let this, good for it. I might let this guy bet as much as he wants as often as he no wants. No limits. Are you offering like special two for ones for oh, Yasiel Puig? He obviously he's horrible at this. Place a $10 bet. You get another $5 bet for free with Yasiel. Yeah. Like, and here's the other thing that that's okay. Based on this story and what I guess the police reports have said, or the investigation that's been public about this have said, there's no evidence that Yasiel Puig bet on baseball. But here's what I don't understand. Maybe he should have. At least he'd have some inside information. <laughs> here's what I don't understand. He placed almost 900 bets in July 
August and September. What the hell was he betting was on if he wasn't betting on baseball? 2019. Major I'm, League I'm, Soccer? There's I'm, not even... I'm trying, I mean, to think, I'm trying to think what is even going on there. I mean, the Premier League starts in August. Preseason like, football? 900? Was he betting on yeah. every player prop that this illegal sports book could come up with for a Major League Soccer game? Was he betting on, like, the third-string quarterback Polo? total attempts in a preseason NFL game? Very into the WNBA. Yes. <laughs> He had every WNBA player's point total and over under on it. Like, how did he place 900 bets in what's like the dead time of sports betting? No evidence in baseball, but it doesn't mean he didn't. That is accurate, yes. But, but I mean, I'm guessing that they have this exact number and these exact dates. I'm guessing they know what he bet on. I'm guessing the, the investigators know, oh, he placed a bet on... Orlando City SC to beat the Philadelphia Union or right. something like that. I'm guessing they know exactly what games he bet on. But how did he place? I mean, you got one September. You got one month of football there. But even still, how do you place 900 bets? What are you betting on? Did he just walk up and say, what do you got to bet on? Yeah, exactly. I'll take all of yeah. it. He thought he saw a weakness in a certain top-ranked Tennis players. I was going to say tennis. <laughs> Golf. He was hammering the summer tennis circuit. <laughs> like, that's an insane, that, that'd be an insane number of bets. Like, right now, when the NBA, college basketball, NHL, NFL, and college football are all, are all going. That's, a, that's an insane number of bets right now. That is 900 over three months. Over three months. We're talking period. about three a day, basically, yeah. is what you're looking at. Do we think well, he could do that right now? We could get Danny with his two dollar bets. To place I mean, it's eighteen hundred dollars. So that's probably still too much money. To place but... eight hundred and ninety nine bets. <laughs> yeah, like well, I if you're ideally here, you don't place nine hundred bets all at once. You place three a day, and you'll win a couple of them, and so you don't lose all your right. money. You got some money to place them again. Now, one day you lose them all, and you don't have any money to bet. But that is. But at I, least Danny would have bowl season. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if I believe this story. Um, I I believe a lot of it. I don't know if I believe the 899. Right. I, I mean, he, he did he did cop a plea. I, I feel like there is some uh, fudging of the truth. I will also say that copying a plea is fairly common for innocent people to do. <laughs> so he could just be. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> My God. How do you, if you're an illegal sports book, how do you even keep up with 900 bets? In oh, three you months? shut down the rest of your operations and you go, and I'm now Yasiel, Yasiel, please. Yasiel, you're the only one left. What do you want to bet on? Asia Wilson total rebounds? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's not really on the board, but we'll take your money. I mean, my kids are having going to have a great Christmas because of you. Do you think Puig called up and said, hey, I want eight and a half on Asia Wilson rebounds? Or did this minor leaguer set the number? And all right, I think seven and a half is a good number today, Puig.